is a god of the game. The Champions League is all about upsets, goals and glory. But it is also about Messi versus Ronaldo. Only difference is they are wearing different jerseys now. Has Federico Chiesa made a strong case to challenge Mbappe and Haaland as the future global star? And are we starting to see cracks develop in Tuchel's Chelsea? Also, Bayern Hammer Kiev, CSK are on top of the IPL table and can India show their test match grit against the mighty Aussies? Let's go! Absolutely Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Sports Charcha. In today's episode, we are going to cover the match day 2 of Champions League and a little bit of IPL and a little bit of India versus Australia test match. To discuss all that, let's welcome Ishan. Hi guys, how are you guys doing? See, Champions League midweek games were nothing short of drama and action. There were uh, last minute winners, some very contentious refereeing decisions, a lot of heartbreaks, some serious display of skills. But we will start with the old classic, which is David versus Goliath. The big upset, first-timers Sheriff Tiraspol defeating the Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. I mean, this might sound like a big upset, but I mean, it is a big upset. It's, it's Tiraspol versus Madrid. But if you have watched Real Madrid in the Champions League at home over the last three seasons, I believe this may not be a big surprise. I agree. First first, first and foremost, big congratulations to Sheriff Tiraspol. I think, uh, you know, if you guys saw the match, it, we Real Madrid completely dominated the game. We had 31 attempts on goal, but they stood, they, they stood strong and, you know, a bit... Of a backstory there, in the last 75 games, uh, Sheriff Tiraspol have conceded 17 goals. Uh, yes, let's, you know, in context, they're playing in a weaker league, but come on, you still need to have a strong defense, right? So, with that in mind, I think they did great in keeping out uh, Madrid from, you know, scoring at least 10 goals because we had so many chances. I almost felt that there was some magnet against the goal because the ball was just not going in. But we managed to equalize after they had a they had a very good counter attack by Cristiano uh, himself at the Bernabeu, giving a great cross and it was a great goal. And I think the winner in the 94th third minute can, can go down and one of the candidates for the goal of the season, meaning who would think from outside the box you let out a right left footer across the goal uh, with your laces up. Courtois had no chance. Those goals are, you know, one of a kind and that's what makes the Champion League so amazing. It almost was a slap in the face of Perez who two months ago was talking about how these small minnows are a waste of time. They much rather face the big clubs. But as you rightly said, the Bernabeu has not been a fortress for Real Madrid in the last couple of years. And these upsets do happen pretty often with Real Madrid. So... Yeah, I meaning I'm disappointed, but you know, I'm not that disappointed because I know we'll still probably make it through the group. Uh, we have another game to play, Sheriff. I fear for them there. Uh, but they're top of the table. They beat an Inter Milan and now they've beaten Real Madrid in their first ever Champion League. Unbelievable. <laughs> actually, they haven't beaten Inter Milan yet. They be, they defeated Shakhtar, still a big team, actually. Shakhtar, Shakhtar, yeah, yeah. 
when it comes to champions league context they are still a great team and what a fantastic night for sharif in fact there is a very interesting story on how this club was formed uh, apparently two ex kgb agents uh, formed this club so if someone is thinking about a very beautiful backstory of a small time club it may not be a beautiful backstory so yeah i am just letting listeners know that uh, there is a bit of history uh, with sherif but you know what forget all that when it comes to football this is a big game and this is a big win and all credit to sherif tiraspol now before before bala we move on i just wanted to say this is probably the first time an unverified twitter account club has beaten a big club or any club in the champions league <laughs> oh that is that is a very interesting a uh, millennial stat i would say this is that is a very interesting one to say yeah i mean we were just talking about uh, david versus goliath uh, but let's move on to the goliath versus the goliath psg versus manchester city uh, the modern day el gasico so it's called uh, i believe see this is what i i realized after watching the game that uh, Pochettino has found this format this this structure this way of playing or whatever whatever you call it, framework whatever you call it if they can continue doing this they are a serious contender especially in the later half of champions league with Sergio Ramos coming back hope he is fit and coming back i think they will be an extremely serious contender and i think you know the interesting part about the squad that Pochettino is now fielding uh is that ander herrera and varati are probably the most important players for psg because with the front triumvirate who are so powerful uh none of them you know go back fall back for defense you've seen neymar do that a couple of times but he's not going to do it every game but both of them make make psg tick and varati had not played a game since august first week and he had just two practice sessions before this game and he like literally was the man of the match the amount of ball possession he won in the middle of the park especially from kevin de bruyne etc was incredible and you know psg had their lucky moments there were uh, you know i don't understand how bernardo silva didn't score that open goal but two things stood out for me and one you pointed out very clearly uh, pochettino has almost figured out this the mantra for success for psg with this squad the other is pep guardiola finally i feel will feel that he needs a center forward uh because in big games like this it is your number 9s who can just clinch a goal out of nowhere you know with you know being menacing in the box they don't have anyone like that right now and it probably cost them this game and he was just watching it on the other side like that moment of brilliance that moment of messi brilliance which killed the game messi did nothing i mean according to his standards he was very quiet as you said he was definitely not going to track back and defend he was just chilling around moving around but that when that moment came when he received the ball or that area he was still had a lot of ground to cover to to go till the edge of the box he just suddenly like switched on it's like he just switched on and then took uh i think it was uh, uh who was the defender I, i forgot who was i think it was rodri if i'm not wrong he took on rodri rodri could do nothing mbappe one two and the finish was just exquisite man it was 
it was vintage messi finish yeah and i want to give big ups to mbappe because he was PSG's sole attacking threat because the PSG style right now is counter attack right they take you know take a take in a lot of pressure in defense and then give a long ball off to mbappe with his pace he creates the space he does everything and he did that he did an amazing one two with messi at the halfway line took it forward and then laid it back to messi to score a goal because neymar was pretty poor throughout the game he gave the ball away so many times uh it's probably not his moment right now i know he'll come up clutch when it really matters uh, especially in the knockouts if he isn't injured so i think psg are looking immensely strong and if they get this mantra going consistently uh, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with talking about coming clutch talking about important players talking about winning moments in champions league there is no better player in the history than Cristiano Ronaldo now i want to talk a lot of negatives about this game but let's do the positives first cristiano ronaldo pretty much absent i would say not doing much towards the entire game but when that moment came i honestly thought that he was not going to take the shot i thought it was too narrow the angle was too narrow for him to go for the shot but what do i know about football <laughs> but i you know and i, I think the other positive is alex telles's goal uh, yeah. again another candidate it was a very paul scoles kind of goal but coming back to ronaldo and this is what we were saying about man city right you need that one player who can just come up clutch who can who has the self confidence to take an impossible shot and try his luck more often than not it might go in and with ronaldo 99 times out of 100 it generally goes in and you know that's that's what i think sets players like him and messi apart in the world they just the immense self confidence that they have that you know miss hoga to kya hoga next chance aayega you know we've got enough credits on our back to deal with it but that that's a very rare kind of confidence to have you know like the world was saying is messi too old is messi can can he do it again and messi didn't care he just slotted the ball in the top corner same with ronaldo narrow angle slotted the ball in three points to united and they really needed that three points and i think this is a good segue to talk about the negatives because uh villarreal could have had at least seven goals in the first half if if it wasn't for david de gea they should have had about seven seven goals in the first half it's incredible i i cannot imagine how they did not score uh united was so poor Diego Dalot who hadn't played for a really long time showed his rustiness i think you know all of villarreal's attack happened from the left flank yeah. it was predictable uh, but united had no answer and i think it's also a sign of what villarreal is this season you know they've got so many draws not because they're playing poorly but they just can't put the ball in the back of the net true very true but Well I was watching this game I was just taking some voice notes and I remember like every time I was like Degea saves United again like Degea saves United some of the saves were as I said vintage Degea saves but apart from that I am not sure whether this result is actually benefited or actually uh not benefited United because there is this again this feeling that oh no this is working no this is actually not working ronaldo is literally bailing you out and this is not a sustainable way of playing and united have a very very massive october coming up they have some five six 
unbelievable games coming up back to back i i have a feeling that this month is definitely the make or break month for for ole this month will show what ole is actually made of and i think the last point on this i think bonucci summed it up really well i think after the game where he said you know juventus relied so much at the end on ronaldo to bail them out they almost took it easy in training and practice that you know apne paas ronaldo hai wo bacha lega my big fear is that united so soon are automatically going towards that direction where something or the other you know whatever happens ronaldo will be there to bail them out and that's a very dangerous way you know situation to be in because you as you said in october they're going to be coming up with teams that will probably negate ronaldo by either outscoring united or putting three people on him all the time uh so what will united do then i think their their formation is all wrong i think their starting lineup needs to change uh their midfield is a weakness uh we only have pogba there and i don't know what's happened to bruno fernandes he seems a little off yeah yeah uh, but he actually created that first goal there were moments where he was absolutely very bad but then there were moments he actually pulled the team together in fact he gave the team talk after the half time and all he was the captain uh yesterday for united now thanks that you brought in bonucci into the discussion which helped me to segue into the next game where the man showed that he still got it i mean it was it was typical brilliant bonucci performance this was this is uwe this is allegri's uwe at their best they had 23% possession at home <laughs> and still won one nil and i think something is up with chelsea and huh? there's two two matches uh they they've dropped two matches back to back uh they looked pretty impotent in front of goal uh in both these matches obviously city thwacked them uh it, i was surprised it was only a 1-0 result uh but here against juventus they dominated uh possession let me be very clear they dominated possession but they they were pretty toothless in attack you know you can't you could probably count in your fingers how many clear cut chances they had they probably didn't have any very many uh juventus they had one shot on target they had one shot on target one shot on target meaning that's not a team that has spent over you know 200 million dollars on a forward line in a way right so there is a line, there is a concern that seems to be brewing uh, for chelsea and they need to work that work that out i think i think the core is the line how tuchel as you rightly said in the last podcast he suddenly switches it up when you don't need to switch it up and he's probably doing that right now yeah and chelsea need to find an answer very very soon because the answer that they think that they got lukaku hasn't done much in the last two games again that's not entirely on lukaku because you need to put players around him and as you said uh he's becoming a bit more defensive also some of the injuries some of the key uh, personal misses also didn't help reese james got injured i believe kante had uh, covid and had to miss this game so that also didn't help chelsea but again once again big ups to uwe big ups to allegri uh their defense bonucci dilett the midfield uh bentancur played really well but again the star of the show for uwe and i'm still going to put one more vote for federico kiesa 
and it's not going to be mbappe and haland is going to be mbappe haland and kiesa this guy is really turning it on and and i'm hoping to see a lot from him liverpool had their hunting ground their favorite hunting ground porto well under control they went to porto and scored once again five goals it was a 5-1 nothing game liverpool were on top right from the beginning sala scored two goals ever since sala made his debut for liverpool only cristiano ronaldo and lewandowski have scored more goals than sala in champions league not even messi wow okay that's that's a that's a interesting stat i i'm surprised yeah he scored 27 28 goals already i think he has already overtaken gerard as liverpool's uh, top scorer in champions league now that was a simple game for liverpool but the other game i was watching it such a shambles and i felt very very bad for milan i felt very bad for milan i felt that they were robbed of their two points i mean they should have won the game but it was it was such a heartbreak to see them losing that game man it's such an atletico season though you know things it's so annoying i'm getting very frustrated it's like you things that are not supposed to happen are happening like let's start with frank kessie getting red carded that second yellow card was meaning i cannot believe that was a sending off they were it was stupid and then the last minute the penalty where luis suarez scored me how can you give that a penalty you've taken it to var uh, and by the way after the match in the post press conference uh, people uh, the reporter asked thomas lemar uh, what do you think happened he's like i have no clue what happened uh if the player involved in the penalty call is does not know what's happened how can a referee say that they can say for sure that there was a nudge or a hand uh it's impossible uh so i think they as you rightly said they were ac milan are ro- were robbed uh they deserved three point but they surely deserved one point uh but this is this is atletico and atletico might have a chance to prove their luck one more time this weekend where they'll be playing barcelona who lost 3-0 to benfica 2-3 nils i was actually going to segue i was actually going to segue your hunting ground to a hunting ground where barca get hunted uh, that is the estadio del luis where they really do not have really good memories they have conceded so many goals on that ground in the last couple of years it's not funny but i saw that game because i thought you know last game ansu fati came back you know this is the turn around i was hopeful but that hope lasted for 3 minutes uh and after that there was no looking back because if you don't even discard the goals barcelona had nothing going for them uh luke de jong missed two goals that probably you and i could have scored uh right in front of goal he just needed to put a knee to it but he decided to put his groin to it and his groin doesn't point in the right direction obviously because it didn't end up in the goal and they were toothless barcelona right throughout the game they had no conviction i have a question before i don't want to spend too much time on barcelona it depresses you <laughs> but i have a question for you do you think koman coming out after every game saying that yahi hamari aukad hai is counterproductive for the team dude he is going see what i see in barcelona right now is just a formalities that's supposed to happen they are just waiting for this international break to start 
next game against atletico he is going to lose definitely there is no way i don't think in any way that he is going to win unless atletico decides to lose it's not going to happen lose versus is going to score a goal and go and celebrate in face of kuman and i am envisioning pk standing behind and laughing at this dude after the game was over Joan Laporta goes and talks to the players. The players are talking to Laporta more than they are talking to Kuman. Kuman is a dead man walking. This is going to end. I don't think he's going to continue beyond this international break. So to me fair these two games it doesn't matter. They these two games my biggest insult to Barcelona and their situation right now is I am very confident when Barca and Atletico play each other Atletico won't suffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not going to happen at all i will think about watching that game also but hopefully i will it was on saturday saturday night now other interesting results happened across champions league one not interesting result a very usual one was bayern 5 dinamo kiev nil and our only update is lewandowski used once again scored two goals i don't think there is nothing else to talk about that game Bayern and PSG as it stands are looking like the two obvious top uh, favorites to win this competition this time. I won't I won't count out Liverpool in this. By the way, the the way Liverpool have played in the last couple of games in the Premier League as well as in the Champions League, I won't count them out. The only reason why I will give Liverpool lesser chances uh they don't have the squad depth. Otherwise, yeah. and the, on the first starting 11 basis i agree liverpool can be one of the other favorites too so saturday night we were talking about atleti versus barcelona and that is going to be one of the games of the weekend for us and as we were saying before we definitely don't expect at least i definitely don't expect barcelona to get anything out of this game the only thing that is assured is once when this game is done ronald kuman will be out now who's going to be the replacement that's another podcast but griezmann scored luis suarez scored do you see a narration building up man i see every narration building up that is not in favor of barcelona uh, the one argument i have about kuman out is that it's not that easy because barcelona do not have the money to pay off his exit clause uh i think if they did have the money kuman won't have lasted this even begun this season with barcelona because if you remember uh, when laporta took over he said i'll give two weeks to find a, a manager obviously he couldn't find one in two weeks and that's why kuman stayed so that is my only bone of contention about him getting fired post this game but you know what my i would i would let me switch it up the, i would give barcelona a chance one if atletico have a bad day obviously but i think if ansu fati starts and they start off positively the atletico defense is not as strong as they as it was so if depay who's actually become the usual depay as we thought he would be absolutely toothless not effective uh, he started off so well with barcelona but this is depay right you know i don't i've never seen him as a barcelona level player you know a lot of catalonians might hate me on this because they've taken to depay really well but i've never thought he's he's a barcelona you know level kind of player but if he has a great game uh, ansu fati plays plays well and then there's pedri 
they can cause problems they still have a very talented squad let's not completely chew over uh, barcelona and the mo- other most important thing isn't kuman still suspended for this game ah uh, good point yes that could play in barcelona's favor very very interesting last point. time that happened <laughs> levante were thrashed by barcelona because kuman was nowhere to be seen now that is the one team meeting simeone might be having guys simeone kuman is not there ye log acha khelne wale bach ke ro oh where will suarez go and celebrate man when he scores kuman is not there i think he's going to do an adabayor <laughs> against arsenal no i don't think he had any issues with the barca crowd man i think he had specific problems with kuman <laughs> I think he might take out a jersey from inside and the inner t-shirt might say Messi. Hoga <laughs> this is for you Messi something like that he'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> I am just waiting for the Champions League game where PSG and Atletico play together man. There will be full bye bye towards the entire game like post match to matlab sab jhoop milke party kar rahe hain dono team ka. Now that game is on Saturday night again uh so watch out for it see it's still a big game these two clubs weren't at the position where they were supposed to be but see Atletico Madrid and Barcelona are historically really two uh big spanish teams one's from madrid one from catalonia so watch out for that game but the biggest game of the weekend sunday night it's liverpool versus manchester city now There's a lot of context to this game. Liverpool Manchester City is this sort of this last 3 4 years this nice little rivalry building up. Not like I mean definitely not to the level of Liverpool United or City United. I'm not talking that level at all, but there is this kind of this nice rivalry building up. These two have been the top two teams in England for the last 2 3 uh seasons. Now, Ishan, based on what we saw in the Premier League last week, we would have had a different idea about this game. but based on what we saw in the champions league midweek i think those ideas could have got reversed so where are you in with this game i i you know i have got my predictions wrong because i was pretty sure city would not beat chelsea and they did because meaning chelsea at that time looked really really strong like almost undefeatable uh, but city won and liverpool drew with brentford and then thrashed porto uh, so I think it's going to be a pretty unpredictable game. I don't think I can come out with a prediction, but what I can say is that Liverpool look really strong right now. And if say the same squad, even Bobby Firmino is back in form. He scored two goals in the game against Porto, and that that gives Klopp's team, I think, a bit of an edge. Uh, but I will never count Pep's team out because you know, man for man, they have so many. players who can make a difference right yes they don't have a center forward but they've got so many other players that can do something out of nowhere uh, i think it's not going to be such a high scoring game and coming to the rivalry that true rivalry is actually in the champions league mm. uh, not in the in the premier league i think the game that they played in the champions league have been really high intensity high rivalry you know the penalty claim i can i'll never forget pep guardiola's reaction for that handball claim it was the most unbelievable reaction but i'm really excited for this game because there are two really good football teams playing against each other in good form so i might not i'm i i will go out there and say liverpool winning but i will pretty sure i'll be wrong 
Yeah, even I'm slightly edging Liverpool over City only because uh, the way Liverpool play, the style of the way the Liverpool play, that might help them better. And the fact that Van Dijk is back and the fact that Salah and Mane all are in brilliant form, the only area where Liverpool could find issues is the right-back position because uh, Trent apparently is injured and very unlikely to uh, start this game. So, they could rely on Milner. Now, Milner versus Grealish, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. So, on that part, I will probably give it for City. But we saw Milner doing really well against uh, Zaha. So, <clears throat> if I have to go with a prediction, I'm going still with Liverpool win, but only slightly, like about 52%. I'll give side City 48%. Wow. Such a mathematical genius. He had to say 48 after 52. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally forgot draw. So I didn't give draw at all as a, as a consequence of this game. So IPL is still going on and it's heating up. And we are towards the end of what we call the, the business stage. Or we are coming to the business end of the IPL. All teams have played 11 games right now. CSK are on top. They are on top with... 18 points. In fact, they just, while we were recording, they defeated SRH by six wickets. Pretty easy victory. SRH, they are definitely out now. But there's a very interesting battle going on for the fourth position. There is uh, RCB, there is MI, both are fighting it out. KKR is in a very good form right now. In fact, they won three out of their four games. They just lost to CSK, but that's again a very close game. So there's going to be some really interesting matchups coming up. In fact, this weekend, the big one, MI versus DC. This is a make or break game for MI. In fact, Mumbai Indians have to win every game from now on. Any loss, they're out of the competition. So Ishan, KKR are playing good. Are you routing for them? I started watching again. No, man. Uh, KKR, are, KKR are this team, you know, where when you think they're the most useless team in the world, they'll probably win the IPL. And I felt like that this season, but I don't know what's happened. I think, you know, they're playing really well. I've not seen any game, but if they make it to the playoffs, I'll probably watch KKR. But I think one thing you we should probably talk about, and I want to hear your opinion on it. Uh, Ravi Chandran Ashwin has done it again. He is now, <laughs> again, the center of controversy. Uh, what do you think? Do you want to tell everyone what happened? What are your opinions on it? Okay, so just to give the context to the listeners, what happened? So I think they took a run and when the throw came back, it hit a player and went away, went away from the collecting fielder. And uh, Ashwin and the non-striker was, I believe, Pant. Ashwin and Pant, they ran that extra run. And suddenly, Ayn Morgan and Tim Saudi. Uh, started telling that, you know, you're doing it again. This is not the spirit of cricket. And they apparently, there was uh, there were words exchanged. See, I am fine with this man. See, my point is, if a player doesn't do it, I'm happy with it. That's a, that's a good display of sportsmanship or whatever. But I'm not the other way around. If someone didn't do it, I won't go and say like, yeah, this is not right. You don't do it in the spirit of the game or whatever like that. So, I am on the fence here. I, I didn't have a problem with the Mankarding also. And Mankarding, in fact, I strongly supported Ashwin. If 
a batsman leaves the crease before the ball's being delivered then you are taking advantage of a minor technicality so if you get run out then live with it so i am fine with this i really don't have a problem but yeah i can understand the media will have a great go at it but but tell me bala oyen morgan had was pretty okay with it when uh, stokes handed the ball to the boundary in the world cup final <laughs> Oh, World Cup final, eh, na? So that is okay. See, this is only IPL, no? And this, no, it's not okay. <laughs> I, I can understand Saudi because he got screwed over on both occasions. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> oh, don't be Saudi. <laughs> be Northy. <laughs> so the India Women Australia Women series is going on. In fact. today the first test match it was the it's the first pink ball test match for the indian women's team it started today but unfortunately uh rain played spoil sport we had only about uh, 40 45 overs of game india were hard on 32 for one very good start amazing start uh between our star openers mandana and uh, shafali verma they put on about uh, 1993 runs partnership and they were going at a brisk pace a uh, brisk pace i mean you can understand when shafali is around uh that is inevitable but it was really good to see i just saw about 10 overs they were applying a lot of technique i mean i didn't see shafali verma going swinging her bat around so it was really good to see but again uh rain came and played spoil sport now this is again is on sony live and it's a day night test match so it's not uh, starting at uh, 5 am 4 am in the morning i think it's starting at around 10 am for us indian so if you guys have some time in the afternoon or sometime just catch about 5 10 overs of uh, of pure test cricket in fact last uh, podcast ishan you were talking about it yeah and i think uh, obviously now the weekend coming you guys can actually watch quite a bit of cricket uh because you know watching these guys especially smriti mandana bad man like i'm such a fan like she is such a superstar uh you know with her technique the style she has while caressing the ball through cover especially very rohit sharma esque i think it's a great match because pink ball test i'm not such a big fan of but the test match is a test match and this is actually enables people indians to watch it at a more reasonable hour i think people should do that because it's going to be a good match especially day 2 and 3 is with the rain uh, it's going to be quite a green pitch the ball moving around it's going to be dramatic uh, i think india looking pretty strong because if the if you look at the australian squad they've got a lot of debutants this match mm-hmm. uh, so you know india have a chance to uh, win this match and the series because it's a one match series yeah yeah and actually this is as i said right this wasn't like a there is no odi series test series and t20 series they are doing it like one series so every game yeah. counts and they have a point system so hopefully india wins this and uh, level with australia in the overall series That's about it for episode 36 guys we had fun hope you had too now when we come back on monday we'll talk about all the weekend action which is football ipl and of course india versus australia women's cricket too but until then it's bye from bala and bye from ishan guys have a good weekend thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed what you heard please make sure you hit the subscribe button 
and also please like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to it not only helps us but also helps new listeners to find our podcast easily you can also reach out to us on twitter and instagram at the rate sports charcha a big shout out to the jam room audio for our theme music you can follow the jam room on facebook at the rate the jam room audio bye